painting pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Boom. Hello, America. Hello, world. Hello, you. It is your new best friend, Cashmere, California. And this is the Pod is Good podcast, a.k.a. the Notorious. This is album. Album. See, I see. You see what the, that Notorious did? This is episode 29. Episode 29. Pod is good. And all the time. If you know, you know. If you don't keep listening, you will find out. Today, I have an incredible guest, a guest who's traveled all over the uh, all over the world, pretty much. He's traveled all over America, but I know he's spread to the hearts of the world through song, through literature, through his personality, his story. He has an amazing story connected with an amazing family. I mean, his roots go deep in gospel. His roots go deep in music, period. He's one of my friends from high school. He is um, he's one of the guests that I've been most excited this week to hear from because I know that the nuances of his story are going to amaze you. And this is going to be a very, very interesting, entertaining and empowering episode of Pod is Good podcast. So let's get it going. Brother James Birdsong Jr. God bless you, James. How you doing, my friend? Long time no see. Man, a long time. Way too. How many years? Twenty five. Don't years tell nobody since... that. Don't tell nobody. It's been twenty five years, man. It's true, though. It's oh, true. Oh my goodness, twenty five years. How have you been, my guy? I am truly blessed. Um, and again, congratulations on this this new uh, platform that you're doing. I pray that God will open up many doors for you so it could touch many, especially our young people. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Greatly appreciate that. And I know it will. Having people like you on is, is all I need. It already touches me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. it's like yeah. as long as it as long as it's something to you, you know that it's going to affect people in the world. Right. That's true. Now, That's true. Now you've you've had an incredible legacy since the last time I saw you in high school. So, but let's start there. We met in Fairfield high. That's correct. Uh, and those, those who is watching uh, James and I go way back to Fairfield high school in Fairfield, California. Yes. Um, I'm a, I'm a talk about how I ended up at Fairfield high school. Uh, for the record, I'm not born and raised in Fairfield. I'm born and raised in Richmond, California. Richmond? The, I'm born and raised in Richmond, California, and um, and those of you who don't know where Richmond, California is, is located northeast across the bay from San Francisco and north of Oakland. Yep, yep. Um, uh, uh, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about my my childhood, but I'm gonna get to Fairfield High School. Okay. Um, so uh, when I was in the ninth grade, I attended. I know you heard of this, James John F. Kennedy High School in Richmond, California. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Cutting Boulevard. So uh, during that year, I attended that school. But see, back then, I really didn't want to go to Kennedy High School. You know, it was a, it was too much going on there. So um, after my parents divorced that summer, me and my mother moved to Fairfield because back in the 90s, a lot of inner city children like myself and others that you and I know and others, they were leaving places like Richmond and others because there was a lot of gang killings and things going on back during the 90s. You know, you 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 remember yes, this. Yes, man. Yeah, it was sad. So, um, because um, there's some young people that I knew of uh, that, uh, you know, in Richmond, they didn't make it to their 18th or 21st birthday. And God blessed me to turn 43 this past May 16th. So he, uh, so he has me here. So that summer, me and my mother, Belinda Germany Birdsong, moved to Fairfield. And I heard of Fairfield High School mm-hmm. because uh, my mother had a friend named Adela. Uh, Adela, they actually grew up together in Richmond. And when I was growing up in Richmond, California, uh, she and her husband David um, Staples, he he's related to the famous Staples. Oh, okay, okay. They would they would come over and visit my 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 parents because she was living in Fairfield at the time. And so um, my mother was, um, you know, she was looking in Berkeley and other places. But but uh, but Adela told her, said she said, Belinda, come to Fairfield. James won't be won't have to be dealing with bullying teeth because mm-hmm. I, I went I went through that. Gotcha. I talked about I, I talked about that and things, especially in my memoirs. So that summer we moved to Fairfield, and then that then that September I I I set foot at Fairfield High School ground. And James, this was my first time attending a, a school outside of Richmond because I was wow. used to that. I was used to that. What, what grade was that? Did you got to Fairfield? Uh, my sophomore, tenth grade. Okay, tenth grade. Okay. So I remember one day I was uh, I was at the campus and I pray. I said, Lord, I'm I'm new in this city. You know, I really don't know nobody like that. I knew uh, we I knew a handful of people. Right, right. And, and I said, I said, God, uh, use me to be an inspiration, blessing to the students and everybody here and throughout the city and everything. And um, and I remember the first the first day, the first uh, uh, day I went to Fairfield High School, I walked into you remember uh, Mrs. Clara Borch, the, the world history teacher. Vaguely, vaguely, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. She's retired now. She's she's on Facebook still. I remember I walked into her classroom. And James, there was a young man. He was, he recognized my recognized him. This is during our tenth grade year. He said, "Did you go to Kennedy High School last year?" I said, "Yes, you did too." His uh, his his name is Furman. He graduated with us. Wow. He graduated with us. He and I went to Kennedy High School because when we was at Kennedy High School during our ninth grade year, we really didn't know each other like that, but we were talking things. His girlfriend name was Maria. She and I went to Adams Middle School in Richmond for seventh and eighth grade. And so he and I became instant friends and we was, you know, talking about the gospel music, Christian music industry, because he comes from a music background like I like like I do. And and then um, and then I started meeting people and one thing led to the next. And it was by our senior year when when we was about to graduate. um, They start calling me the pastor of Fairfield High School and and everybody started knowing about me throughout the whole city. You remember that? I remember that. Everybody knew Brother James at a certain point. Yes. So um, and I remember uh, two years after we graduated from Fairfield High School, uh, my friend Amy McGinnis, she's retired from the Data Republic newspaper. She did a. Uh, I wrote my first book. When, um, it's no longer in print. She did an interview on me and it was the big talk of the city for weeks. The churches, wow. everybody was talking about me and everything. And so this was two years after we graduated. So my mother said, James, are you going to go to Fairfield High School to visit? Because I was still visiting uh, people that we knew after we left. Mm. I said, I'm not going to go up there because if I go up there, I know what's going to happen. Mm. 
So, so um, I was blessed uh, to attend Fairfield High School. It was wonderful back then. Uh, met a lot of wonderful people. And then my um, my younger cousins, two of them graduated from Fairfield High School. My cousin King graduated this past June there, and his brother graduated two years before he did. And their sister Anaya was at there for her freshman year, but but um, but she transferred to Armio to be there with her sister Andrea. So my little cousins, you know, th their friends even knew who I, who I was, and they were there, and and we was long gone by then. So it, it has somehow then. trickled down to where even other generations knew about you. Now now let hold on real quick. Let's go back mm. to to Richmond. So you your your earlier schooling was in Richmond. You said you dealt with with bullying. What, did you did you feel bullied or did you find out you were bullied later? You know, sometimes when you're a kid, you mm -hmm. don't even realize it. And everybody else. Is like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it was kind of hard for you during that time. Well, uh, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey. I was born and raised in Richmond, California. I lived at the corner of Main Avenue and Harbor Way South. That's the south side. I lived right by the Richmond Marina, the Port of Richmond. Point Richmond was was, was like down, was not that far from my neighborhood. And uh, the Chevron refinery was there. And, you know, we had our issues with Chevron, the refinery and, mm. and everything like that. So Richmond has a lot of history. So yeah, I, attend, yeah. I attended school like uh, – uh, the first school I attended was Nose Learn Language Center in Hilltop. That was a school for children with disabilities because at three years old, God healed me from a speech impediment. The deck in oh, me, wow. but God had a call in my life and he healed me from it. I told, I told my testimony all over the world, James, on different oh, TV shows. I've been into. Yeah, I think I saw it. You were, you, there was um, like you weren't able to talk or what, what was it? What happened was when I was 13 months old, you know, my parents noticed something was different with me because my mother told yeah. me that I'll be humming. And they were telling my parents because my dad was the late Reverend James T. Burson. See, my daddy, my father was well known in the city where she was a minister, a community activist and everything like right. that. And they were telling my parents, um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Burson, your son's got to teach, going to have to learn American Sign Language. But God had a ram in the bush. And so God healed me of, <laughs> of, of that after when a, a church God in Christ pastor named the late Elder Robert Crawford prophesied to my mother and said, Sister Burson, if you give your heart to the Lord, then God will heal your son to speak. And um, and that's God, and that's when my journey that's when my ministry journey began. I could talk about this all all day, but um, okay. I attended okay. schools. Uh, I went to uh, I went to Shelton Elementary School for uh, pre K uh, pre K and Elsa Bronte, and I went to Ella Horse Elementary School for first to fourth grade in Perno. That was my favorite school. I had so much fun at Ella Horse. I went on more field trips than the other school I attended, but. <laughs> After my fourth grade year, James, and we're gonna get to the early nineties. I had to attend. I know. I don't know if you heard of Nystrom Elementary. I'm not. Okay, it was right across the street from my house. My cousins went there. All my friends in the neighborhood went there. I had to go there for the fifth grade because I couldn't go to Ellos anymore. So I experienced the teasing, bullying when I got there. But the principal, mm. Mrs. Darlene Jones, and she she's retired now. She told my parents, she said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna watch out for your son." Those teachers at Nystrom Elementary School they retire now. I'm still close to them to this day, and they they always oh, wow. supported me. So even though I went through some things, the divorce of my parents and other situations, I did not let that stop me from going forth what God had in store for me. And mm. that's what I that's what our children and young people need to know, because yeah. I'm an advocate for young people. They need to be encouraged in things like that. So um, my parents did not they didn't talk, teach me how to be a quitter. They did not. So do you because you champion for the youth, are there um, any youth events or activities or organizations that you've 
either put together or you go and frequent anywhere right now? Well, not recently. Well, this past February, I went to Benjamin E. Mays High School here in Atlanta, Georgia, named after okay. Dr. Benjamin E. Mays. And we all know in black history, we know who, who he was. Okay. Um, he was the president of Morehouse College when Dr. King was was a student there. Um, they had career day. And I have a nonprofit organization called Birdsong Association of Broadcasting and Arts. We've been around for four years, but we're still growing. This organization is designed to help our black youth from K to 12th grade in Atlanta, but we're going to have operations there where you have in L.A., New mm-hmm. York, and, D- and DMV area to pursue their dreams and goals in the performing arts and broadcasting through programs, partnerships, events, and so forth. So this high school is one of the schools that we selected with our organization, but we still working on building those partnerships. So I went over there this past February to talk to the students about our organization, the music and media students. But in the past, I had I had spoken at graduation ceremonies church events over the years and and so forth yes i have gotcha gotcha now now i hate to to make such a harsh turn but i know you talked about um you know your your family you know your father everything that Mm. he did and from what i understand if i read correctly um that you got in in your family some of your family's music has been sampled by Kanye, Mary J, Daft mm-hmm. Punk, like, what is what does that feel like? I mean, I'm pretty sure you know the song. So, what does that feel like when you hear music and you know, like, oh, that's my family right there? Well, well, James, uh, every everybody know about the Bird Song family. Everybody know about our family and so forth. And uh, the person that you're talking about is uh, he, the Lord called him home in 2019, the late, great Edwin Birdsong. Edwin in, the, Birdsong. In, okay. in the 70s, he uh, he started out in the 70s. He, he, he did five albums between 1971 to 81. And uh, my cousin back then was friends with uh, Stevie Wonder. Is, is he's family too, to our family. And, oh. uh, and Edwin worked with the Roy Ayers, Billy Preston, all these led, wow. all these music greats. Yeah, and yeah. and and then um I and then my cousin even knew Michael Jackson, even been to the Neverland Ranch, and because he, he told me this. Jeez. But uh, the song that uh, but my cousin Ed, when music started getting sampled later on, because we know in the music industry, even in gospel, um, a lot of the artists sampled the songs from way back. They way back. So in yeah. 2007, Kanye West did the graduation album, and yeah. there was a song on that album called "Stronger." Oh and yeah. So Kanye West sampled my cousin Edwin's song "Cola Bottle Baby" that came out in 1979 for "Stronger." What? I'm not making this up. That's crazy. If you look in the credits, you'll see Edwin Bird's song listed. That that that's my cousin. So um so um and, and, and so in 2008, I was at the campus at Georgia Tech. Georgia Institute of Technology, uh, because uh, and I uh, I went to go visit that gospel choir back. Then. I, I was in college here in Atlanta doing my bachelor's in biblical education at a Christian university here, and so I called my cousin Edwin one evening. He was at the he was at the 50th annual Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going, and so and and Kanye West uh, uh, Strong was nominated for a uh, Grammy for best rap performance of the year. I called my cousin that night. I'll never forget what he told me. Edwin said, cuz, we won that Grammy tonight. So when Kanye won the Grammy for Stronger, Edwin got one too. Oh, that's dope. mm -hmm, And two years later, when the funk and friends sampled my cousin's same song for Harder, Faster, Stronger, 
Mm. He won a Grammy for that. So and and so um and and uh, since Stronger's been out, the single itself has now been certified ten million copies. That's Diamond. Yes, Diamond, and I I got it right here on Wikipedia over here in Songwriters. Right here, Edwin Birdsong. That was my cousin. He was he was he was he was very supportive with me when I um I'm gonna talk about my book too. But uh, he he um he 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 was very special in our family. Uh, um you know he we we love Edwin. We miss him very much, and we're gonna keep his legacy alive. Our family, absolutely. And your family has such a a strong legacy. There's even even got sports players in your family. Uh, Otis bird song. Otis, I'm like he was, he was a four time he was a four time NBA All Star. Y'all just taking over. This is not fair. This is not fair for one family to have this many dominant genes. Where you taking over in music and gospel and in the pulpit and and sports. I mean, come on, man, leave some on the bone for the rest of us, bro. And uh, I hear you, my friend. But um, and then so old oldest was an NBA All Star. He played for the Kansas City Kings uh, before they went to Sacramento. Mm. Then he played the New Jersey Nets. And then during his last year of in in his uh, in his career, he played one year for Boston, the team that Larry Bird played for, and then he retired. And because a lot of the older people, like our parents and grandparents, they remember my my cousins. Then right, you right. have then you have Cindy Bird's song. She's back. She started. She's an original member of Patty LaBelle and the Blue Bells in the '60s. And then when Don, and when Florence Bauer left the Supremes, my cousin Cindy replaced her. I've been I've been knowing about this all my Did life. You just say she all was my life. Patty LaBelle's replacement. Is that what I just heard? When Florence Bauer, I know you're the Florence Bauer. When Florence Bauer left oh, the Supremes, Bauer. Think, okay, okay. When okay, she okay. left the Supremes, I think okay. 1966, 67, yeah. Cindy uh, left Patty LaBelle's Blue Bells and replaced us, uh, uh, placed Florence in the Supremes. Okay, okay. I, I heard it wrong. Wow. So she had some pipes on her. She was, she was saying yeah. the paint off the church. Yes, and then I had a great uncle. He died in the 70s, the late Reverend Sidney Birdsong. He pastor Solid Rock Baptist Church there in L.A. where you at. Oh, nice, nice. But he, uh, uh, that was my cousin Edwin's father. So James, when he died in in the in the set mid seventies, my father told me story about our, our history about our family. Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. sang that my great uncle's funeral, and and his funeral was oh, held wow. at and his funeral was held at Angelique's funeral home, that historical black owned funeral home in L.A. It was packed. Uh, I was told it was packed because my my great my because Uncle Sidney he was kind of like along with the CEO Franklin era of preachers. So we got mm-hmm. preachers in the family too. So God has really blessed us. Yes, definitely, man. You you have a a legacy, a strong, strong legacy. Um, Mm -hmm. And now you're carrying it on. And so let's let's get into your uh, your lap, if you will, with the baton, because it sounds like that's all y'all doing is one person run a lap, pass the baton, run another person run a lap. Like you guys are, y'all are killing it right now. So right now that. James Jr. has the baton. Let's talk about some of the things that you're doing out there. So um, you are an author. That's correct. How many books have you written? Um, the, I wrote my first book called One Marriage, Many Tales and the Separation of Message Hope at the age of 14 because my parents was going through a divorce during that time. And the book mm-hmm. was finished when you and I was in our last year of high school, but it didn't come out till 2000. It's out of print. So, mm-hmm. so 
so six years ago, uh, the Lord had me to, you know, kind of re revamp the book, but add more. It's entitled The Best is Yet to Come, a testimony one young man's redemption. And here it is right here. Mm. Can you see that? So this is a book, yeah. This is a book based on marriage or divorce. I didn't catch it. No, no, uh the the first book was my autobiography, but you know, it was titled Got that. It. So I took I took what I did in the first book and and added it to this one. This uh both books are gotcha. memoirs, my memoirs. Uh this book has more in it, and this is little of me as a baby, chubby baby. God, look at him, look at him. So 14, so, you write your first book. That's correct. And it, right at 14, I was still living in Richmond at the time. That's correct. Okay. And and you said you wrote it. The inspiration for that book, or to, to actually sit down and write a book at 14, which hats off to you. What was the inspiration mm -hmm. for doing that in that moment? Well, uh, like I was going through a lot. My parents was going through their their issues and things like that. Cause in the cause in the nineties, things changed in our home. But in the eighties, uh, you know, my my dad he was in the newspapers, the seventies, and all of that. Cause he was a preacher himself. He wasn't a pastor, but he was a minister in the city in the city of Richmond. Every like the mayor, the city council, the school of everybody you know knew knew knew, especially my my father. So uh, I wanted to write that book to kind of help our young people that's going through, and for fathers the really be fathers in the lives of their children but i was blessed with both parents in the home both parents in the home okay. so okay. uh so years later i'm like lord it needs to be more in it so i, I after i got grown and everything when i um um i decided to take what i did and added it to the best is yet to come a testimony on mm. tradition james and and it's been more to it the book this this came out in 2017 so what i okay. did was me, me and my mother came to los angeles and I did a special book signing for my family. It was a bird song family affair. And oh, it was nice. held at it was held at City Banquet Hall in Compton. So uh, my mom was there. My cousin Edwin, uh, uh, the, the the legend, he was there. Uh, um, some of the members, the family was there. Some of the uh, the LA elected officials was there. And I had it. I had a two major gospel artists there. Uh, oh, my nice. good friend Reverend Calvin Bernard who wrote songs for Reverend Cleveland, Tremaine Hawkins, Daryl Coley, and other in the Hawkins and others, because you know he's been, I'm sure you heard of Pastor Cal Pacava Bernard Ron. So he he's a pastor in LA, but he he's a uh, he's a major gospel warden because he was really out there when we were coming up. And then I had Lily and Lily of the Mississippi Mass Choir. She sings this to know Jesus. She came out and sang. Mm. Then uh, my friend Sean Dancy, who went to high school with Tina of uh, Mary Mary and her his wife Yolanda came out. And then okay. the politicians, the politicians recognized me with uh with proclamations resolutions and um and also the LA Sentinel newspaper came out because I have a, a contact with them. So after when this book came out, James, um doors began to open. I was on interview on Babby Mason's show here in Atlanta, and I was interviewed on the Cornerstone Television Network in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's a national Christian television network. I've been interviewed on other media platforms, TV, radio, print. Even uh, during the pandemic, I was even interviewed on the sh on the show in the UK, and I've been interviewed on yeah. radio stations and different media platforms. So, uh, and and because people said that the book has touched their lives and um and is and you know it has a great message and it has a lot of history in there. It's a lot in right. there. But it's, 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 I'm taking readers on a journey in this book. So mm. I'm just grateful to God for, for uh, him allowing me to do this and what's going on now. And I know and then, then awards started coming, different things started coming and everything. So it's, it's been a journey for me. It has yeah. Been.
on the road a lot. Like, like, let me let me step into the lifestyle of being on the road. Like, how do you maintain a good diet eating on the road? Like, what do you what do you what does James like to eat when he's in all these different places? Can't cook everywhere, obviously. How, how, what do you eat? Well, I don't I don't travel all the time like that. But I, you know, when I do, you know, I eat like the basic foods that we eat and everything. And I try to I try my best not to over overdo it, because when we overdo it, it can be stress and everything. Of course, of course. I just I know a few people that that, you know, do a lot of traveling for work or for career or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it, it oftentimes makes a <laughs> makes a dining a little complicated when you know living out the suitcase that's true that is <laughs> especially being you know that is so ahead. true that 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 uh, that is so that is so true and you know James, i want to go back to uh to my little cousins at fairfield high school when this book came out mm -hmm. my cousin nas he graduated two years ago from fairfield high school and mrs alice claiborne she is still working at fairfield high our teacher miss claiborne oh yeah you know um, yeah kenya's mom i, I don't I, I don't know she keeps saying she's gonna retire but i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in a while, but um, but she follows me on social media. So my little cousin had her class for his freshman year. This was back about six years ago. And um, and hmm. Mrs. Claiborne asked him and his and her students to write a book about a famous person. So my little cousin took my memoirs, the book to Fairfield High School. He wrote a book report on 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 his big cousin and the book and everything. And Mrs. Claiborne and, and Mrs. Claiborne told her, her students he's about about me. She said yes. Uh, she told them about me. What he's the you know what I was being called at that time. And you know and that real and 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 that's when the some of the newer teachers find out and people found out who I was. Now my well, my cousin Anaya was at Fairfield High School and because my little cousin got an A on that paper. He did. He did very good with that. Mm. Now, when his sister went, nice. to, when his sister went to Fairfield High School before she transferred to Armio, uh, you remember uh, uh, Catherine Bass, Mrs. Bass? No. Okay. Well, she uh, no. she uh, she changed her last name to Calamaris because she married Mrs. Calamaris's son. Okay. So, okay. so, um, so Mrs. Her name, but they call her Missy Calamari. She was at Fairfax when we was there. My little cousin Anaya, uh, Nasa's sister, had a, had her class uh during the freshman year, and she was telling, and she and she brought my name up to Mrs. Uh, Calamari, which back then she was known as Mrs. Best. She told Anaya, she said everybody knew Brother Jane. He was, she said he was the boss back then. Everybody, everybody knew him. <laughs> and she and my little cousin said he's still the boss now. He all famous now and out there now. Okay. That's what that's what she told her. So 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 they're, so they're really proud of you. That's that's good. Yes, they, you know they and you know their their friends their friends be I haven't talked to them in a little while, but their friends be asking them when's he coming out here to do something big? Because 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 I've been asked to come to the bear to do something major, but I don't have nothing on my schedule right now. But but it's in the making. But but yeah yeah. And what was the last mate? What to you? What was your most major moment? Like what was your biggest moment? so far in all that you've been doing you know what you know with my friend it's it's a whole whole lot but um if i was if i was going to name something uh getting all my bachelor's my master's and phd degrees 
There you go. And I had okay. to honor a doctor degrees, dad. And um, and also um, when when uh, and also being uh, when the United States Congress honored me in the congressional record two years ago, my congressman, David Scott, who was with the Congressional Black Caucus, made that possible. And then um, and like last year, President Biden sent me a congratulatory message. And what and what was the message about? He was telling he like, was, well, you know your uh, uh your accomplishments, and he said keep doing what you're doing, and it's going to continue uh, being an inspiration to others. Wow! So how how did that make its way to the desk of the president? That's that's incredible. It's it's, uh, it's, it's a it's an honor, and also James, I want to tell all your view, uh, viewers out there. Uh, have you heard of Who's Who in America? Yes. I, I'm uh, I'm actually listening to Who's Who in America. Mm, I'm not making this up. Get out of I'm here. not making this up. I've been listening there since for the last 19 years, and uh, and then 20 in 2019 they honored me with the with their lifetime achievement award. They called me and told me I was getting this award, and I was not expecting it. And it's the same award that they honored Colin Powell, Warren Buffett, and President Clinton with. They have all of us on a website. Mm -hmm. That's now God. That's, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. I mean, it all is. Your whole story sounds like since you were, you know, 13 months, <laughs> your your whole story has been one blessing after another, after another, after but it, another. But it hasn't been easy, though. I had I had my days, too, oh, just no. like we all do. But, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, before my father, uh, my father passed away during our last year of our high school 11th grade year. We was in finals and I was going to go to the class of 97 graduation because we knew we we knew every, most of the people in the class of 97. I couldn't go, James, because I had to go to Richmond to bury my father. But one of my yeah. last conversations with him before he Sad. passed away, he was 58 when he passed. Before he died, he told me something never forget. He, wow, he says, son, you're going to be a famous man someday. My daddy told me that before the Lord called him home. He told me that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's huge. Daryl, Daryl Robinson asked his book came out in 2000. You know, you, I don't know if you knew Daryl. Yes. Daryl. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, I want to say God bless you to Daryl. Uh, him and his sister and and mom and dad, we was all going to Pastor Bellamy's church, and you know, during that time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's you, right. That's you know, right. You know, Pastor Bellamy uh going to be with the Lord now, but I was actually one of the ministers at the church, and and also um you know um um. And, you know, we was at Fairfield High School, James. I used to get invited out to a lot of churches because, um, you know, my name was getting out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you were young. You. Yeah. You, you were a younger pastor. You had the conviction. Mm -hmm. you, you had all the charisma and personality needed. And so I, yeah. I, yeah, I could imagine. So um, I could imagine. Yeah. He, he, said, he said that Play still has your book. Yes. But but um, but that's, awesome. that's the first book. But the, what the one I'm showing you now that came out in 2017. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I know. I remember. So, I, I remember Plez. He was. Uh, I remember him. He was at the church as well with all of us back then. My yep. mom was there too. Yep, that's a fact. fact. Mm -hmm. All right. So I, I keep hearing about all the the professional work. I'm trying to get to the background and figure out like what, like who is James outside of his public persona. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? What do you like to watch? What do you binge watch? You know what I mean? 
Well, um, since since we are children of the 1980s and teenagers of the 1990s, I go on YouTube and yeah. still watch like Eleven Color and Martin, all those shows that hey. we grew up watching when we were coming up. Because you know these yes, shows, because you know, uh, you know, especially uh, we had a more black sitcoms back then than we do now. Because like I said, I'm in I'm in the inter- I'm in the entertainment industry, so I know what I'm talking about. But but you know now we live in a reality TV age, so it's I'm like no. And so um yeah, and, yeah. and then my my cousin Anaya told me something the the one I just told you about. She said, Wow cousin James, I wish I was born when y'all was coming up. I said we had fun because I'd be telling them stories about our childhood and everything. You know, I like to travel, yeah. I like to uh I like to visit historical landmarks when I can. Um I I, I I'm a big uh, I I love our HBCU so because actually my uh, yeah. my girlfriend my Elizabeth that's here now you know the woman that's gonna be my wife I told her that uh we I'm a, we're gonna we're gonna go over there so she could visit those campuses and plus you know I'm very family oriented I love family and you know um that you know I like to spend time with my family when I can. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I like amusement parks and, you know, you know, those kind of recreation activities. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite character on Martin. Who's your favorite character he played? Uh, Martin, of course, Martin himself. No, no. One of his characters. Oh, the character. One of, oh, the character. Yeah, one of, one of Martin's characters. Which, which, which Martin character was your favorite? I didn't have a favorite, but when he played Mama Paint, I'll be cracking and laughing. You're up, you know, up when, when he would say, oh. You Applehead, you remember how he was, <laughs> you remember that, and uh, and, yes. and then, always talking about Gina and, Head, right? And then Jerome talking about he's a Mac from way back from the human layer, <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> and and then and then and then also the part yeah. when he would tell Tommy, "You ain't got no job, you ain't got no, no job. job, man." <laughs> anyway, it got to the point everybody said at the same time, and, "You ain't got no job, Tommy." And you know what? I never met Tommy before, but he was living here in Atlanta because you know he was helping the mm. young people and everything. I told somebody if I ever run into him, I'm a branded up. I would have told him that, but I never met him or anything like that. And then, right, in, right, in, right. in Living Color, Homie the Clown was one of my favorite characters on Living Color. Mm, you remember he would say, "Homie, yeah. don't play that." I still say that today. Yeah. You still say, "Homie, don't play and, that." And then, and you, and you remember, you remember, you gotta get you a and, and right, and then, and then, um, and you also, you also remember during the last season, the Wayans family had left during the last season. I was in middle school. So I used to videotape all those shows on the VCR. Okay. And, and yeah, yeah. And I would go to Hilltop Mall and go buy video cassette tapes and come back home and videotape all those shows. This was before me and my parents, my parents divorced, and before me and my moved, moved to Fairfield. But uh, yeah. but uh, during the last season, when I was in my last year of middle school, Adams Middle School, my classmates and I, we would talk about the Dirty Dozens game show. Your mama this, your mama that. You remember that? Mm, yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. The, it's crazy how that that was so. You know, acceptable back then. Like nowadays, you, you know, no, things are way too sensitive now. You can't go down that road. No, no, with some of the no, stuff that was said back then. No, no, you can't. And then in the eighties, you know, it was the Jeffersons. Uh, I also watched. I remember TGIF uh, with Full House and Family Manners. Um, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I used to watch all those shows. And you know, Mr. Belvedere, Silver Spoons, The Golden Girls. I was watching the Golden Girls episode on YouTube the other day. 
And you remember? Yeah. And you remember? Yeah, how I think I, 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 put, I put my wife on to. I put my wife onto the Golden Girls, and she loves it. She was watching it more than me recently. <laughs> Once we figured out it was on, <laughs> we could get it right now. She was just binge watching it all the time. And and then on the Living Color, there was an episode when Damon Wayne's Jim Carrey they played the two televangelists. I rem- I was cracking up when I saw that. Oh, you remember that episode? Oh, that and, then, and then um and and you remember Jim Carrey said I had seen. You know, we know where he got that that line from. Where Jimmy uh, Jimmy Swagger uh, was one of the televangelists I grew up watching when we were children. Jimmy Swagger, and you remember that incident in the eighties, and he said, "I he cried." He said, "I sin." Yes, so, yes. so Jim Carrey yeah. uh, pl- uh, kind of played him a living color. And he was doing that. Yeah, he played that character. Well, uh huh. And then David Wayans, who who was like a Creflo Dollar, to, uh, somebody said that about he took the gun and shot it in the church, talking about uh, give up the money now. You remember that episode? <laughs> they were. Hilarious. I know that. Yeah. It's crazy how many superstars came from that one show. Yes. I mean, they they became TV stars, movie mm-hmm. stars, stand up comedy right. stars. I mean. Hollywood elite, all from that one show. That's that's true. And then Jamie Foxx, he had the Jamie Foxx show. That was when we was in high school. And I and the right. Steve Harvey show, you know, I, we, I was watching that. So I, I watched a lot of the black sitcoms back then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, no, that's some that's some classic TV. Yes, yes, it was. That's a really classic TV. Like, 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 like yeah. my mom. She said her. My mom is seventy six now. She still watches her 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 old school westerns when she grew up watching. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that's the beauty about um, the internet now. Like, it gives you so much more content. You know, back in the day, once something you know, went off air mm-hmm. once they canceled the show. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was it. You had to wait until maybe that network started playing repeats if it was in, you know, a reruns, if it was in syndication. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Nowadays, you can go back and watch any and everything for the most part. Yeah, thank God. Somebody said, thank God for you too. So we could, we could, it's like you're going back in time when you was a child, a teenager, and that's kind of like our time yeah. machine. So I, I'll be watching, yeah. I'll be watching that and, and you know, and everything else. So I do, so that's, yeah. so, um, so I got to go, I go, and sometimes, James, I'll be saying, if I could just go, I could, if I could just go back in time to the eighties, because when we were children, Ronald Reagan was president when we were children. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. remember that Bush and Bill Clinton. Uh, speaking about Bill Clinton, I had a name, I had a nickname for Bill Clinton. You know what I would call him? Mac what? Daddy Bill. <laughs> you know, you you know what I'm talking about. So, so I know this was after the incident, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you could have went a few ways, you know. He had the, you know, he was playing the saxophone. He had the, you know, I, I smoked, but I didn't inhale. Right. Like, you know, he had a, he had a few different things. So I didn't know where you were gonna go with the nickname, but Mac Daddy yeah, and and, and, uh, and all the comedians was talking about, and me and my mom was talking about. You remember he said, "I did not that finger." I did not. I did not. <laughs> Come to find out, that was he, a lie. He came out admitted. Yeah. And that happened. And that yeah. happened the year we graduated from Fairfield High, which is so crazy to think. I about. know that. And then, and then, and then, um, and then Georgie Bush he became president. That's why I used to call him too. Because I'm gonna tell you about Bush. And those who's watching will agree with me. He will have me on the floor cracking up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. G- G- George Bush was the closest thing to like you know laughing at a president until mm-hmm. Trump came along. Like Trump oh. would say, Trump went even further 
with some right. of the hilarious things he would say. But yeah, Bush was like, I don't think he meant to be funny, but mm-hmm. man, he was hilarious. Yes, he was. I oh. still go, I still go in and watch some of his old videos. Right. All right. Yes. Along, along with church and gospel music, because you know that's what I'm involved with. But yeah. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you know he came out with um like a coloring book recently? Oh, Trump, Trump? No, no, um Bush, George Bush uh Jr. I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a though he was doing like a promo campaign for a while. I think it was right around 2019, somewhere in there, right before the mm-hmm. 2020 election. And um yeah, he had a coloring book that he had done. And it was like almost like he was trying to rebrand himself, like not as the president that that might have botched things during 9-11, right. but like now he's like the the artistic president that that does children's books, uh children's coloring books. It's pretty yeah. pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So yeah. so it, th- that was I, I like how you go back to the time caps. And, and the time, especially for black and overall, even BET as black entertainment actually felt black back then. And like, right, right. And Bobby Jones gospel, Bobby Jones gospel. And I met yeah. Bobby Jones and I have connections with with people in, in the industry with Bobby Jones. And also uh, also that. And it was it was it was, it, you know, it was a lot. And, you know, and yeah. I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan of Michael Jackson. We all of us. I remember I remember when he did the oh, band album, the commercials, Dangerous and all that, because I remember in the Bay Area, KTPU Channel 2 would, would premiere. Uh, you remember back then when him and Janet would do their album? Albums and they would do a premiere of their music videos on on the stations back then. Yeah, they yeah. Would, they did all that. Yep, yep, yep. Like a world premiere, right? Get you ready for it. Nowadays, Beyonce got an album and it just comes out today. Like you didn't even know she was working on the album, and it's mm-hmm. like boom, it's out. Like oh. Yeah, and oh. speaking about music, I'm actually uh, me and my business partner. We're about to launch a. We work on a, a record company in gospel music as well. That's another project I'm working on. And have you you've done your own album, right? No, no, not yet, not yet? but it's it's coming. Okay, okay, it's coming. But I I did I wrote a song years ago, James, and I had a major gospel artist, a Stella Award nominated gospel artist, a legend, and a platinum mm. artist. She came here in June to record a single, and uh, and 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 the producer producing it. He he uh, was Grammy nominated with Indy RE, so it's gonna be a hit. So it'll be out next year. But everybody's gonna find out who this artist is and everything. Got it. Mm-hmm. Cause if you, because mm-hmm. if you um if you could snap your fingers and change anything in the world, what would it be? Woo, wow. Well anything that, in the world. If 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 I was gonna say something, you know, we we need more love and compassion for one another, and we mm. need to be and we need to be better example setters for our children because this generation today, Gen Z. They watching us and, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad influences out there because, you know, you know, our parents and grandparents, they didn't play when it came to us. This generation now, you know, they got they coming from a single parent home and everything else. And we need more. And, you know, when there's no father in the home, James, there's there's no discipline, everything like 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 I tell anybody, a mother could love her child, nurture her child, all that, uh, especially her son. But one thing that a mother cannot do is teach her son how to be a man. That's when daddy comes in. Absolutely. 
And you know, I'm 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 43, but I, I was raised old school. I know what I'm talking about. So if if I was gonna answer that question, you know, we we need more of that. In in that, uh, I wish we could go back how things used to be, but we have to set the fact we're living in the last days. The Bible is fulfilling itself, and the Lord is soon to return. And 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 we and we and we still asleep, and we won't wake up. And so so then your your view if you don't mind let me know if i go anywhere you don't want to go but right. your view on, on uh, same-sex marriage then you would be traditionally against that that's correct but but yeah. but one thing about me is that you know i'm not gonna i, I don't believe in tearing down a person either yeah yeah because mm -hmm. yeah. so. I had because I had because because I have people I have people like that they follow me on social media yeah mm-hmm yeah. So so you let people live the way that they want, but you may not necessarily support it or be in no, favor. No, I would I would I would I don't support it because I believe a marriage is between a man and a woman. Hmm. But but um, but, you know, but the only thing I have to do is we you know, we have to pray for them. And, you know, and God, you know, God has to do uh, do uh, do the deliverance in their lives. God has to do it. True. True. We can't, we can't, we, you know, we could, we could, we could be, uh, we could talk about it all we want to, but at the end of the day, you know, God, God has to do it because, you know, we got all these, uh, cause like even with the church, you know, I was raised in the church, James, like most of us were, but you oh. know, we have a lot of, well, we got a lot of hypocrites and potent and doubt people, but how you talk about somebody else is wrong and you got flaws and things in your closet as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get, don't get me started. Yeah, no, get started. Get started. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. But that's what I want to say on that. I got you. I got you. So, um, yeah, we had, uh, you know, Pastor Reginald Brown? That name sounds familiar. Okay. Pastor Reginald Brown was on the show, um, and we were talking about the LGBTQ plus community mm -hmm. and is there a place for them in the black church? And he mm -hmm. said, uh, yes. Say, yes, there definitely is um, with transformation. That's, he said, that's one thing that we have kind of lost in church is remembering that it's, it's a sacrifice, mm -hmm. that, that we are called to, to be transformed you know, mm -hmm. through the blood. What is your opinion uh, on that? When he when he said transform, okay, I, James, I could put you like this. There's people that is in is in you know is going through that right now. A lot of them were molested when they were children, and you know different things happened to them. Okay, it could be it could be a person in there right now that's praying, saying, "Lord, I want to change. I don't want to live like this anymore." But but and what we have to do is show them the love of God and and and, and allow God's anointed to guide us to, to help them walk to do the deliverance because I heard testimonies of people that were living their lifestyle and they no longer living in their lifestyle because they wanted change in their life changing their mm. life hmm. mm -hmm. yeah it feels like there's there's definitely a lot of um a lot of versions of different lifestyles that are going on right now and and even for me as i sit back and i, I like you try to be very open and receptive to people's you know, views and mm -hmm. their choices. Mm -hmm. And, and I, when I hear people say that this particular lifestyle is not a choice, this is how I was made. And sometimes if I find that being opposite of what my belief of what the Bible says that God did with each person, mm -hmm. you know, it, it does become a complicated matter 
you know, because you never want to tell somebody, oh, you're wrong. You're only like that because of some trauma in your life that mm-hmm. sent you down this way. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. judge it, you know, kind of unknowingly. Um, but you also want to speak truth. You know what I mean? You want to you want to be a, a, a vessel for God's word when you have mm-hmm. that opportunity. And maybe that is an opportunity and that's a sensitive matter. Yes, because because like I said, you don't know what they're going through, and God could use you to be His a vessel to minister the word of God to them. And but it's 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 up to them to make that decision. And but like I said, I heard stories of people, James, that was going through that, and and they they've been delivered and set free. They are now married, have children, they happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you stories that I heard. But at the same time, you know, uh, but, you know, a lot of us, some of us uh, are wrong, though, because like like in the old church, I grew up in and I grew up in the holiness church. You know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. grew up in I grew up in Church of God in Christ and Apostolic, but my family uh, comes from a Baptist background, still is today. You know, you know, they will say, "Oh, you going to hell for for wearing makeup? You going to hell for dress this way and things?" I'm talking about when we were children growing up, oh, yeah. and it was really, really something when our parents and grandparents were growing up like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and, and, and and see things, see things like that could run a person away and everything like that. Yeah, sure. yes, I know, I know they were, but you know, I know they were all about God and the, the anointing, the Holy. Spirit and, and they, they didn't play back because they were really truly for God during that time. But at the same time, you know, you know, like you know, like if I'm gonna talk about this person's flaws, we need to talk about all the other flaws as well, right? And right. and the problem is, you know, we have young people that's been that's going through other things, and a lot of the preachers and pastors, even some today, James, they leave that out and want to focus on this one particular sin, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. I, I actually yeah, I told, told I Pastor Reggie that same story. That happened. It, it happened in a church in North Hollywood. Exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Stay, staying away from the sins that um that might offend certain people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just talk about the other ones that are a little easier to digest. Right. Not so sensitive. That's 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 true. So, like I said, we just have to we could we could we could minister to them, but 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 uh, it's up but it's up to them, you know, to receive it. And God, like I said, God has to do it. You yeah. got God. God has to make the change. But we have but we have to be open to, for us to make the change. Like God is waiting with His arms out for us to receive Him, but we have to be open to receive what God has in store for us. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what that I know you're working on um you know the the label hopefully the a, yeah hopefully an album you know will yeah. be coming soon after that so that right there to me as a rapper like that's a very interesting topic there's a lot of depth there there's mm-hmm. a lot of audience for it and it's something that you don't really hear um mm-hmm. so I personally kind of navigate towards topics like that when I'm about to write something but I know gospel music doesn't always deal with those issues directly mm-hmm. through song. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. They, they, they kind of deal a little bit above it. It's more of the upliftment. It's more of the seeking the Lord. It's more of the the the, the praising him. It's more yeah. of, of the, the atmosphere around it. Would, would that ever be like for you when you start writing songs, since you've written books very directly about things that you were going through and things that you saw, would you try to tackle topics like that? or sensitive subjects when you're writing music? 
Yeah, well, actually, James, I'm glad you asked that question. Like the song that that I'm telling that this artist is gonna do, it came. God gave me this song 19 years ago, and it's really talking about thanking thanking God for being in His in His in His grace, in spite of uh, you no. Know, uh, it's like one of those songs, like a testimony that uh, that's really gonna touch the hearts and minds of the soul, body, and mind, even spiritually. Gotcha. But, yeah. but 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 uh, but you know, uh, I love the old school gospel music. I grew up listening to Shirley Caesar, and my mm. dad my dad had. Reverend Cleo was Robinson records because my father could really, really sing, but he never he had opportunity to record back during the golden age of gospel music, but he never did. My father had records by the Harmonizing Four, the Caravan, Reverend James Cleveland, all those iconic gospel singers. And when we were coming up, we was we grew up on people like Commission, the Hawkins family, Take Six, and then Kirk Franklin and John P. Key and uh Yolanda, all of them came out. And yes, the in yes, it has changed uh because you know we do we have a lot of people doing praise and worship songs now, but you know. But we don't have enough gospel song that addresses the issue that's going on in the world today, especially when it comes to like, um, like what happened with George Floyd. Right. We didn't. Right. We, don't, we don't have too many gospel songs about what happened to George Floyd. Right. Um, I wonder and, why. You know what? I really, really, really not sure about that. But it's uh, like one of the gospel artists. Lim I don't know if you heard of Lemmy Battles. She did a song called "I'm Black and I Still Matter." Shirley mm -hmm. Caesar did a song called "Take Your Take Your Your Neck uh, Take your, your Knee Off of My Neck." Yeah, yeah. I know you heard of that song by her. I heard of that one. Yeah, forgot yeah, about so, that one. Yeah. So, so that's so song, songs like that. But like during the civil rights movement, even when Jim Crow was going on, we were singing those old songs that our ancestors were singing in slavery, like "Wait, Take Me Way to the Water," "Still Away," and and um, I've been buking scorn and all those type of songs because those songs back then came out of came out of the slave the experience of our ancestors in slavery. Yeah, and they were singing those songs back during that time. I'm talking about before we were before we were born and everything Long like before. that. Yeah, and, and those songs still have a powerful message in it to this day. Yes, we need to keep the old school gospel music alive, but me, me being in the industry, because I've been I've been I've been I've been studying the industry, James. I started on my journey of gospel music professionally when we was at Fairfield High School when, when I was 16 years old. And what right. I was doing was I was going on websites in the library, because you know back then we had a one hour lunch break between the fourth third and fourth period. I'll be in the library uh online reading about Malico records, word records, all the different artists, and Reverend Timothy Wright and others. Then I started reading Gospel Today magazine, and that's what uh, uh, really helped me. And then God blessed me and my mom to step out of faith and to move here in 2005. And that's when I started meeting a lot of people even to this day. But to answer your question about the industry, there's room for it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about ministry. It doesn't matter if it's a gospel, hip-hop, old-school gospel, contemporary, what, but it, ha it, has, it, it has to be something that's going to touch People's like us. People, people going through a lot, especially what's going on today. The economy, you know, people losing their homes, especially what's going on there in California. Yeah. So we we need songs that's really going to minister to those people, especially in their in their in the situation they're dealing with now. Absolutely, and you know, the Bible mm -hmm. talks about meeting people where they are. There you go. You know what I mean. And sometimes you you got to step outside the church door. Yeah. And and really speak to what's going on and, and let people know that the church recognizes it because there is a distance that has grown in this new culture between, you know, the, 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 the secular society mm -hmm. and, and gospel society. And it's like, there shouldn't be as much of a, as thick of a wall that there is, but mm -hmm. I think it's more the responsibility of the gospel community to walk outside and say, Hey, I see you. I see you. God sees you. Mm -hmm. We are with you. We understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
and that's that's true. Just like when when the Edwin Hawkins singers did "Oh Happy Day" in 1969, mm-hmm. they that was an old song for the 18th century. Uh, they uh, Edwin Hawkins and I, I, I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. This was you know some years ago, and um and so uh, they took that and that's what started the contemporary gospel music movement. They were singing "Oh Happy Day" in the nightclubs and all that. But but the but the but the but the traditional church was criticizing them because they were saying it was too worldly. Now you hear "Oh Happy Day" almost uh, uh fifty some years over fifty some years later, it's classified as traditional now. But back then they were getting criticized for it, like. You remember when Tremaine did fall fall down when we were in children in the eighties? So what was it called? She, Tremaine Hawkins did a song in the eighties called "Fall Down." I probably remember it if I heard it. Okay, it it crossed over to the to the dance charts, and oh, wow. and and, uh, and she was getting criticized for it because she was singing it in the clubs and everything. It was a gospel song, but it was but it was on the dance charts. Mm. Same thing with the Clark sisters did. We brought the sunshine. Yeah, Frank uh, Kirk Franklin went through that. Right, I yep. remember yeah. Mary, 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 and Mary others. went through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even uh, even Shirley Caesar even even went through it too. Yeah, I am, uh, more recently, um, Molly Music, he's been yeah. he's been going through that. Yeah, but I mean, oh. you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know your stance on it, but to me, I feel I feel it a bit, depending on what the content of the song is and what the intention of the artist is, I mm-hmm. feel it a bit hypocritical to say that, you know, God is in everything. God is our mm-hmm. creativity. God mm-hmm. is our inspiration. But then you take a gospel person who's inspired to make something different than what other people have made. Mm-hmm. If that person says, no, I feel like God gave it to me, then why the criticism? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, because, uh, because you know, uh, and we got to be careful because, because God also say to be careful because, because you know that you may entertain angels unaware. This is true. Yeah. Don't. So that's what that's that's what I'm saying. So we gotta, you know, we we gotta be better, but at the same time, we gotta continue to submit to God's will and purpose. And like I said, be better role models and leaders, especially in the lives of our children. Because a lot of young people today, James, they don't want to go to church now because they say it's a joke. They're a hypocrite. How they could talk about what I'm doing? Look what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, so I, to all you young people out there, I un, uh, I understand how you feel. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's sensitive. And 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 you need that um you need the generation before to really like, you know, that wisdom, give, the wisdom, right? Give the wisdom back, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. You, you want the next generation to be more, you know, more awake. You know, you want them to be more spiritual. You want them to be more right. connected in in their relationship with Christ and Yes. Yeah. That is so true. And, and, you know, James, there's people that we knew from Fairfield High School from years ago. They'd say, Brother James, we never forgotten about you. Mm-hmm. We never forgot about you because, you know, um, during that time, you know, I didn't even because, you know, back then when we was at Fairfield High School. My focus was on ministry and what God had me to do that. You know, I was a student like you and everybody else. And, and my focus was the future. What, what God's had me to do now. I was praying for that at Fairfield High School. Wow. Even before coming to Fairfield. And so speaking of the future, that's my next question. Okay. So you've done a lot, mm-hmm. but, but you got a lot more to do. That's correct. So so what is next? What's what does the next 10 years look like for James Birdsong Jr.? 
Well, um, first, one of them is being a husband. Like I said, God bless me with a beautiful Afro-Latina young lady from Honduras. Uh, she she knows about this interview. Uh, she she arrived here just past July, um, you know, to take a teaching job at the elementary school here. You know, she's been teaching for over 10 years in Honduras. And so, you know, a lot of people had prayed for her and us. And we did a photo shoot last weekend. So um, so this is the woman that, I, that got uh, going to be my wife because James, in 2020, when the pandemic was going on, I prayed as God said, Lord, I'm about to leave my 30s. I dated but it didn't work out like that. I said, God, I'm ready to be with that person you have for me. And, you know, and, and we was in a long distance for almost, three, you know, almost to this time. And now she's here. So, mm -hmm. you know, my, my mom, she calls my mom, mom, you know, our families, uh, you know, I talk to her family when I can. You know, she has to interpret it for me because they speak Spanish and everything. So, you know, God bless me with a good woman in my life and she supports me. And, you know, um, you know, um, so that's one thing being a husband because my mother my mother told me years ago she said uh she she prayed said lord bless my son to get get a good young lady his wife before i leave this world because my mom's almost 80 but she looks good for her age i don't know hey hey that's what i that's what our parents do that's what we do so, yeah because you know they said yeah. black don't crack and that's true no Yes. No, absolutely. sir. No. So that and plus, you know, uh, and it was it was been told to me all my life, even was at Fairfield High School. Everybody kept saying, James, you're going to grow up and be rich and famous. So that's, yeah. you know, you always telling me that uh, when I was a little boy, there people was telling me that people still were telling me that. So that. But my focus, James, is building a legacy and leaving it behind for this generation, because I had said that on numerous interviews all over the country on different media platforms, even abroad. And that's important because when our assignment in this world is completed, we have to leave something behind for the next generation to, to carry the torch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and your family did exactly that for you. Yes. And and now exactly. and, and now, now God's raising the this generation of the Birdstone family. I got a cousin. Uh, she lives in L.A. She was in Paris for 10 months. She's an opera singer. Oh, nice. Her name is Malena. Uh, Owens, uh, Ed, that was Edwin's granddaughter, and then I have another cousin named Cody um, Birdsong. He's a he uh, he plays for a quartet group. He's a he's a drummer. Then I have another cousin. He's he's a bass player. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Then I have another cousin. She uh, I have, to take over. And I have another cousin. Uh, she used to. Take I have, over a, I, I have a cousin. She grew up acting. But she left the industry and went into ministry. So she passes uh, in the AME church there in LA. And I have another cousin. She's uh, Edwin's daughter. She she's already has a radio show in LA. Wow. Then I have another cousin. He's in his sixties. <laughs> I have another cousin. Uh, he he passed in LA years ago. He's in the Bay Area mm -hmm. now. He asked. We talked yesterday briefly. He's a he's over the pastoral care ministry at Mount Calvary Baptist Church with Dr. Claiborne Lee Jr. is the pastor. Because my cousin, oh, okay. his name is Reverend Dwayne Burson. My cousin Reverend Dwayne Burson and Dr. Lee, they went they went to Morehouse College together. So so my, ah. so so my cousin was pastoring Union Baptist San Francisco early, over twenty some years ago. He's now pastoring now. So uh, he is at Mount Calvary over the pastoral care ministry. I talked to him yesterday, and so it's a it's wow. quite a bit. And I have another cut. I have family members who work for for the government and even in other areas. And I have another cousin. He's a sheriff's deputy there in L.A. County. Mm -hmm. You know what? Your family does not need 
uh, Ancestry.com. No. They just, they just need a Zoom with James. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they just jump on Zoom with James and find out where the cousin's at, where the auntie's at, who's who's connected, who's living where. And then I had a great aunt. Uh, she passed away five years ago. My great aunt Gladys birthed on Murray, Chicago. She was the matriarch of our family, my last surviving great aunt, awesome. my grandfather's last uh, sibling. She lived to be 93. Awesome. And then when awesome. she passed when she passed away, James, uh, condolences were poured in everywhere to us. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Yeah, you guys have been pouring out love and mm -hmm. and positivity uh you know throughout the planet it sounds like so yes y'all deserve nothing less yes so nothing less and i had a i had somebody on twitter that tweeted me and said your fa he said your family has done a lot for the black community in the world and the mm -hmm. people at large and that and we are grateful to god for that because when god smiled down on my great grandparents and the elders of our family james um you know like, like my late grandparents Ed and not a bird song they were Abraham and Sarah and that's what that's what that's what my cousins and I be talking about. So yeah. so so you know God has blessed and He's give He has given us favor and me favor as well. Because everywhere I go, yes, people people know who I am. They know who Cindy is. They know who Edwin was. They know who Otis is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, sir. Yes. Brother James C. Birdsong Jr. Yes. This has been a pleasure, my guy. Thank you. Thank you, James. Pleasure catching up with you, hearing about all of the endeavors that you've been on. I knew that I knew your story was going to be a good one. I knew it already. I told told the audience before you got on. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a rich, rich story. And you have a story to tell. Yes, and and I and it's and I, again I'm honored because you know when you um, because I want to tell your view uh, your listeners this you know when when James informed uh, me about this 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 interview I had to do it because he and I we go way back to Fairfield High you know, and you know James before we go I was telling my my special lady about uh, when we was all at high school I still have our yearbook our photo albums. I even told her about you remember back when they would take the scene to Santa Cruz Beach for a walk. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, you, uh, we, we, you went too. You went too. Yeah. But they don't take them there anymore. They take them to Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. I said, I'm like, they take them to Marine World now. <laughs> no, really, because after we graduated, wow. they were taking the Disneyland. Now the Marine World. I said, I told my mother, I said, if I was a senior. I said I could go there any any time I want to go if I was living out there. But right. but um right. but I was telling uh, my my Elizabeth about um you know uh, Santa Cruz. She said, "Baby, I never heard of an amusement park on the beach." She said, "Can we go?" I said, "We'll go there when we go." We gonna go. So so uh, I just want to congratulate you on this podcast, and I pray that God will continue to bless you with this, and you get the support with this, and you know you know like I said, you always you all you we and I go way back, and you know you know we were talking all the time and like uh I, james i gotta share this to the audience okay. please, please. It, it, you're gonna be laughing because we talked about this earlier i want to tell your audience your viewers out there when he and i was at fairfield high school i used to i used to i used to get on him all the time because <laughs> when we would come to school okay. he would come to school dyeing his hair different colors Sure would. Like, like, like. One day it'll be orange. The next day it'll be yellow. The next day it'll be <laughs> be be platinum. And I would say, what I said, man, when you gotta start dyeing your hair? 
And then and then when we was in when we was in high school, uh, I used to imitate and James, you you gonna laugh at this. Y'all remember I used to say, "Don't maybe get my belt." Yeah. You know what I got that from? The Wayne Brothers. And I remember uh, I remember there were times if I was absent, you know, uh, some of our classmates would say, uh, you better you better be good. I'm going to tell Brother James what you did when you get back and he's going to get on you. Yet I had a comical side of me when I was in high school, too. He definitely <laughs> did. It was it was it was uh, the, the enforcers were you and the security guard Kojak. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he uh, he passed away. Yeah, I heard. I heard. And, I heard. and Mrs. Love, she she finally retired. So there's only three people at like Mrs. Claiborne, Mrs. Calamaris, uh, Missy Calamaris, and Mr. Shattuck. Awesome. I got to go up there and say hi sometimes. I haven't. I do, I haven't I, I do talk to Alice Claiborne, Mrs. Alice Claiborne sometimes uh, online. You know, her daughter and, and I are good friends and have been since we all graduated. Even her dad. Uh, we all went to a concert one year um, out here at the Greek Theater. He's a great dude. Yeah, Mr. Claiborne. Great I dude. remember him. Matter of fact, Claiborne, yeah. the last time I saw Kenya, I'm sure she told you she uh, we was uh, she saw me at our first high school class reunion in '09. Because mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. I know she told you she saw me at the reunion because I spoke that night. You wasn't there, but I spoke that night. I I was in my last year of college here, so I came back home four years later. And and when that black limousine pulled up, James, everybody knew it was me and my cousin, my friend. I went there in, in the limousine. They already knew. Because, gotta because, be, because, gotta be brother because, James. because the limousine driver uh, and his wife owned the company. Because I'd done business with them before, before leaving. Mm. So, and Mrs. Claiborne said, James. She said, James. Kenya told me you came in a limousine. Uh, Kevin McCullough didn't go because he his cousin was getting married that weekend. He heard about it. And when I talked to Mrs. Claiborne a few years ago at the school on the phone, she said, James, you all famous now, and you graduated with, with Kenya. Nice. So, um, if you talk to Kenya, tell her I say hello. I will. I will. Hopefully she'll see this. I'm planning on having her on the show probably in the next month or two. So, you know, be watching. I will. Because, uh, you know, and check her episode out, too. Yes, yes. I got to go to Mississippi next month. I got to go to Jasmine to meet with people in the industry there. And um, and I'll be back in L.A. because I do have family there and sources there. Sounds uh, good. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, my God. We'll see you on the next one. God bless you and, and your family and everybody. And, right. and, I'll be looking for that album. Yes, and, and also, uh, if they want to learn more about me or bookings, please go to www.jamescbirdsongjr.net. That's www.jamescbirdsongjr.net. And my administrative assistant, is her name is Ada Brown. And if you go to the contact, you'll see her email address is on there. Perfect. I'll make sure I put it in the description. So anybody want to reach out, make sure you uh, just check the description. I had a link there. Okay. All right, my God. Thank you for your time, brother. God bless you all. All right. Peace out. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. There it is. That was episode 29 of the Pod is Good podcast. My man, brother James Birdsong. You hear. You hear it. The, the Birdsong family. They done took over. You wonder why you can't get no job? Birdsong's got it. You wonder why you can't get that deal? Birdsong's got that already. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm messing around. They, they've done incredible things. Their family has definitely been blessed, and I appreciate him coming on and telling us his story. Ladies and gentlemen, pod is good. And all the time, I will catch y'all on the next episode. This is Cashmere, California. Please. Please subscribe, tell somebody about it if you enjoyed it. And until next time, 
I'm out.